the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. with the speaker. Uh, I spoke to her and Chuck Schumer yesterday. I have a call scheduled with her later today again. Uh, I've been having daily conversations Secretary, this with is, our This is the Treasury Secretary. Myself, Mac Ross. Right. Uh, we met with the President and the Vice President before I left to make sure we have their... I, I call the new swamp conversations term. yesterday with, with both Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, so this is very much a team effort. Um, the good news is we've reached an agreement between the administration, the House, and the Senate on top-line numbers for both year one and year two. We're now discussing... No spending sets, problem here, Karen. Uh, ...as well as certain structural issues, and we've agreed as part of that deal there would be a long-term two-year debt ceiling increase. So I think all of our first choice is to try to reach an overall agreement, and we're working hard to do that. But if for whatever reason we don't get there in time, uh, I am encouraging a debt ceiling increase. What, what's the biggest sticking point right now? Is it the $150 billion in offsets wow. that you just mentioned? Which, is that what might derail things? Well, I didn't mention the $150 billion number. You did. I'm not going to comment on any specific numbers. Uh, but as I said, the, the good news is, you know, we spent a lot of time working on the top line. We're now working on offsets. We've agreed that there will be offsets. So now we're just trying to figure out whether we can get both the number agreed to in time and the specifics in the structure. And we're all working hard to do that. The markets have. All right. There you go, Carrie. So, you know, that was a while ago, right? That was, and of course, they got the deal done, right? right. Um, well, I think I, I haven't checked the overnight, but I, <laughs> I, I mean, because because the, the Congress they have to get on their summer recess, right? Now I think they're really looking forward to this summer recess because they got to get ready for the 2020 year, right? So, oh. and they probably are headed up to their 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 neckline with the controversy over the last couple of weeks. Um, so they wanted the deal done before it, you know the. You know, 26, which was the typical time when they go on the recess. They're not back till September, right? So, so that was Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. Mnuchin, mm-hmm. what is it? How do you pronounce it? I don't know. Does anyone know how Mnuchin, to pronounce it? I guess. Is, yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. And he, uh, you know, he put it on a fast track, right? Remember, because he was the one that, you know, it was mid July, maybe July 10th, July 12th. 
where he came out and warned Nancy Pelosi that, you know, the possibility of the government running out of money before the summer recess was done in September. Mm. That would have been a problem, right? Right. Because, you know. Out of money and no one to no do one anything Congress, about it. Yeah, and they all Maybe they come need in. to leave or a vacation. <laughs> so then on, you know, then on the 19th, uh, you know, a week later, he's coming out in the press and saying, hey, we got to, you know, we got to very close to getting a deal done. So, you know, um, so you had that going on. And then here on what? It was about the 22nd or whatever. And a few days after that. When all of a sudden everyone else in Congress is saying, yeah, we got a deal done. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, welcome. Uh, so, Carrie, why don't you get us started? Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. Um, between 9 and 10, we're here um, to give people helpful information about issues that impact your financial life, whether you're working and thinking about your future retirement years, or if you're someone who is already in retirement and talking about using opportunities, avoiding potential problems, and understanding some of the choices that you have and analysis that should be done so that you're getting more net benefit. And there are multiple ways to address issues. We are sponsored by the estate planning team, who is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planner been around for more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area, helping people solve problems, save money, use opportunities, like I said. And we've been designing comprehensive, customized, coordinated plans. Um, and also we help people with different analysis on hourly planning options as well. And we're not investment advisors. In fact, most of our clients either already work with an existing investment advisor or sometimes the client um, plays that role as the investment environment investment advisor and does that on their own. Um, we are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We're also super service award winners on Angie's List for multiple years. And we do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, either by phone or in person. Um, we have offices around the greater Cleveland area, but our home office is in Middleburg Heights. And we offer you the opportunity to come in and see how our process is different. If we can help you, if we can't help you, we'll at least point you in the right direction. I'll let you know we can't help you and or we can point you to someone who can. Um, if we think we can bring value or benefit, we would give you a couple options as far as how we can help and what we can do for you. And we very much believe in coordination of advisors. If you've listened to the show that um, for any amount of time that we push that it's good that advisors talk to one another and getting everyone involved and on the same page and brainstorming. And we again offer the free consultation, which you can contact us at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or if you visit financialfoodforthought.com, you can contact us through the website. You can sign up for the newsletters. You can check out our podcast and also see our fall planning classes. We have two classes scheduled. September 17th at 3 o'clock is the IRA Tax Qualified Asset Like Company Plans a new um, 401ks, 403bs, 457, deferred comp, all these types of plans and Roth planning. And fall's a good time of year to look at these issues. So if you have these assets and want to learn more, we're actually going to talk about, continue our discussion on Roth today. This is an important class to attend. It's three o'clock Wednesday, September 17th at Middleburg Heights. There's a great workbook included. And then our other class is October 2nd at 6 p.m. in Independence is the class for retirees and people nearing retirement and and 
Um, that is also on the website. It's focusing on all the issues that impact your lifestyle and long-term financial stability. It's not too early to sign up. Both classes have limited seating. We already have some people signed up because I have had it posted on the website for a little while now. And that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And over those 34 years, we've certainly dealt with a lot of deficit numbers increasing and debt ceiling (laughs) increasing. And is America forever in debt, Karen? Yes. Unless somebody gets it. I never hear about controlling spending. Cuts, cuts, cuts. Right. That anybody else, any other American has to cut, right? Well, well you either, yeah. what is it, every every book in the world or every article we laugh, how to save your retirement or how to make your money last, work longer, or spend less. Yeah, those are the two. How about know. our government take that philosophy, not just, you know, t- right. take more money? And then based on this increasing debt, um, do you think taxes might go up? Well, you know, you sound like you're in the Milton Friedman's camp, Carrie. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll hear from him later on, right? All but, right. Um, but, yeah, so th- this was a deal that's going to get done. Um, and, you know, so you ha- you saw there, you know, Steve uh, Munchkin or Mnuchin or, you know, Minukum, whatever, um, talking about he he really spearheaded this and you know he's you know again trump i wonder if he, trump likes the secretary treasurer you know i think you know i'm i'm because one thing that you know we got also this week Harry, was second quarter gdp right, numbers, right? and we missed right? but they were better than they thought they were going to be okay so maybe better than what they thought Not where they, they were, were. going to be um but the idea is if, you know, 2.1%, right, when the first quarter was, you know, over three, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, a, you know, and the idea is what's the trend line? See, that's what I was concerned with, you know, is the trend line, is it getting better or getting worse? Because they also revised 2018's annual number carry okay okay and you know that was at you know the they they revise them over time right so initially the 2018 we heard it was three percent then we heard it was 2.9 well the latest revision now says 2018 was really 2.5 okay okay now 2017's was gdp was 2.8 so you had the first year in Trump's administration, 2.8, close to his campaign promise of three, right? Mm-hmm. He thought he had 3% in the second year of his term. And then in the first quarter of his third year, the first quarter of 2019, it was in excess of 3%. Well, now all of a sudden, he's nowhere near his 3% campaign promise, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's not going to sit well with President right. Trump. Right. Right. Um, you know, and and, I, you know, especially if, if we see that trend continue, it gets if it falls. Now, you're right. The consensus for the second quarter it was, was going to be like one point eight. Right. And that would have really shook things up. Now, a, a couple of things, you know, so and, and Trump, you know, he, he had that great line in his North Carolina, North Carolina. Right. Remember when he said that um, he's he's the first politician or president, whatever I'm paraphrasing, said that, you know, who has delivered more than he promised. You know, right. You know, <laughs> he loves to talk to himself in the third party. Right. right? Um, you'll hear that one again, you know, because it played well in North Carolina. Anything that plays in North Carolina, you'll hear it again. Um, but the, the idea is now all of a sudden, you know, when he's been touting that he's met his 3% GDP, all of a sudden, can he still say that? 
So, so whose job is it to make sure that GDP gets back on a trend towards 3% as opposed to going below 2 I think it's a lot of people's jobs, honestly. I don't think, I mean, as much as the president has power, I don't think he's, all, right. you know, it's going to be a lot of different moving well, parts. one thing, the president was certainly putting pressure on the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell to reduce cut, you know, interest rates. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe Trump believes that could expand the economy. Right. right? Um, so that and we will find that out next week. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know, because if GDP came in um, at three percent or better in the second quarter, I don't think they would have cut rates. If it had come under under two percent, like the consensus was saying, right. I think they would have cut rates. It came in in between. What are they going to do? Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that a 25 basis point cut is already baked in. Um, I don't think, you know, with the GDP still in excess of two that they're going to go 50 basis points. I don't know if they should, you know, you know, inflation is still in check. So I don't know. It'll be very interesting. But I think Trump has done all he can in that department. Right. So the other one is, you know, when you look at the, the, what the numbers behind the GDP report, we see, you know, it's, it's, it's mixed signals, right? You know, I talk a lot about mixed signals on this program. And the mixed signals, meaning consumer spending and consumption is fine. Right. You know, that's that's on that's above three percent. Right. Mm-hmm. But manufacturing, housing, um, those things are below below. Two, okay. you know, those are the ones that, you know, are, are are dragging everything down. And what is that cause? A lot of people think that's based on the trade wars, you know, or the uncertainty of the trade wars. Right. right? So now we're back to, you know, is Trump going to tell, you know, Steven Mnuchin that, hey, look, at get this China deal done. You know, you know, you know and, and, and that's been the that's been and I think corporate America is getting a little tired of this game that they're playing. Right. You know, it, it, it looks like every time, you know, futures are down, you know, triple digits, uh, you know, in the, in the middle of the morning, you know, before the, the market opens. I think Trump sends a little email over to, uh, you know, Treasury Secretary and say, hey, Stephen, you know, get out there and say the talks are going good with China. So, you know, Munition comes out with an email, you know, before the market opens and say, oh, talks are really, really well with China. And all of a sudden the futures turn around and we have a positive day in the market. Hmm. OK, until people that wears off and people say, well, we don't really have a deal with China. And then the futures start going down right. again. Right. Um, so I think, you know, the corporations, they're tightening belt. They're saying, you know, there's a lot of mixed signals about there, you know, uh, housing, um, you know, you know, now now. But let's look at the numbers. OK, so we had, you know, GDP nowhere near a recession. Right. You know, two point one percent GDP. Um Last couple of years is all we know. So, how about second quarter earnings? Okay, so we got a ton of those, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. And how are they doing? Well, if you talk about the big banks, boy, nothing matter with the big banks. I mean, you've got you know Citigroup, UBS, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, PNC. They all beat earnings. Okay, mm-hmm. um, be consensus, right? Um, I think the only one that missed was Deutsche Bank, well, the German bank. Well, big surprise there, right? Um, remember, I was talking about Angela. Right. You, you must pay up, right? Yeah, Germany's got problems. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and not the least of which is Deutsche Bank's got problems, right? right? So obviously they missed. Uh, but how about some of the other corporations? So here are the ones that beat earnings, Carrie. Right? I'm just just a uh, you know list here: 3M, Facebook, Coca-Cola. Google or Alphabet, we call that, right? Starbucks, Expedia, Mattel, Twitter, 
across the board, right? All beating earnings. Well, who missed earnings? Netflix, Boeing, Caterpillar, Intel, Amazon. Amazon missed, Carrie. Now, I'm surprised. Um, te- the, the, from the automobiles, uh, automobile, well, Tesla and Ford both missed. Um, but back to Amazon, right? Uh, you know, speaking of munition, right? He was the one who came out and said, you know, recently they said uh, uh, Amazon is responsible for the decline uh, of the of the ruining of the retail. Right. Well, I can um, see that. Well, I don't know. I I don't know if they're to blame alone. I mean, maybe. I think the Internet in general. I mean. Well, I I don't know. I don't think if I think maybe Walmart did that long before Amazon started doing their prime day. You know, I you know, Walmart, I think, was perhaps, you know, to blame for, you know, the decrease of the mom and pop retail in this country, quite frankly. Um, Take your pick, you know, but, you know, Amazon or Walmart, I think both of them led to the mom and pop retail decline. Um, but anyway, you know, and, and so Amazon, so remember we were saying, yeah, they had a great prime day, but you know, but the idea is what they're struggling with is that one day delivery, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they, 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 that, that's cutting to be a little bit more expensive. So, I mean, so, you know, mixed signals, you've got the, um, you've got second quarter GDP, you know, in a decline from the previous month or quarter, but yet better than consensus, You've got good second quarter earnings. Mm-hmm. Okay, consumer spending is fine. Right. Um, I think you know, you know, so so we're back to, you know, can munition, um, uh, you know, get this China trade deal done? Right. Um, because if he can, I think you know Trump's going to be pretty happy and make him. I mean, by the way, he's got to be you know, uh, he's got to be one of the longest cabinet members still surviving. I mean, you know how many, you know, Trump's gotten right. rid of, um, you know, so, you know, we'll see. And But if he can't get the China trade deal done, you know, is Trump, you know, going to kick him in the, you know, shin? Is it pronounced shin or is he going <laughs> to drop kick him in the chin? I think it's shin, isn't it? I think it's menu shin. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Let's, let's All right. Well, regardless, those are things that are going on in the world and, and our government. But it's coming down to, I know we're going to talk on the show, what can you do on your plan and how these things affect or if you're worried about how the impact of these possible changes going on, whether it's interest rates or anything, are going to affect the longevity of your plan. Whether you're in retirement, how does that affect my spending? Are you worried about those future taxes? Do you want to take opportunities with these more favorable rates right now that that may not be permanent? Um, will it affect when you can afford to retire? And those are the things that we help people with. You know, maybe I know we're going to talk about Roth conversion planning today. And if you want to come out to the class, maybe this is a good time for you to look at taking money from your IRA if you're in a tax favorable place. Those are the different things that we look at and moving pieces and parts, even though we're comprehensive, it's looking at your income, your expenses, inflation, taxes, and how do you put that together and how do you create the income you need, especially once you retire, um, as tax efficiently as possible because it's all about net spendable dollars and addressing those financial disruptors, whether it's the market, a long-term care stay, income replacement of a spouse and much more. And if you want to take advantage of our free no-obligation consultation or come out to our fall planning classes, call 440 Two three nine twenty ninety, or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And why are we, you know, looking at the, the you know, these issues? Well, as you were saying, Kara, at the beginning of the show, just raising the debt ceiling, you know, we're looking at the baby boomers 
you know, creating trillion dollar year deficits. If there is no decrease in government spending, now they got a two year window, right? I mean, that they can, there's no debt ceiling. That, what is the end goal there? And a lot of people, I mean, and and so that's what we're talking about. You know, do you think, are you in the camp that still thinks that income tax rates are never going to go up again? Um, you know, because that's really what if, if there is no stop to the government borrowing, the answer is taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's what other answer income. is there? Um, you know, so because if GDP at a 2% GDP, I don't know if there's going to be enough windfall from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act to start paying down. <laughs> Right, and, yeah, and if you think, you know, some people are worried about tax increases. So remember in that clip, remember there was the little, the the uh, interviewer and Munition were going back and forth about these offsets, right? Right. And remember, she mentioned $150 billion. Right. And he said, hey, I didn't say $150 right. you billion. said, he was okay. clear, you said that. Right, and she was taking it from other, you know, while, sources. Well, other politicians, you know, right. in, during the week. Well, what do you think the number came out? Caring. Higher. No, actually, oh. seventy-seven billion. So, oh, hundred fifty um, billion, seventy-seven billion. Uh, I don't know. Once so, you get to a certain number. So, while neither side will be completely happy with the agreement, sources close to Munition and Pelosi say it's a real compromise. It gives both parties some of what they want permanently, while permanently ending the sequester requirement. Remember that sequester when yeah. everything what you know that that's what this is all about. See, that's out the window now. Paygo, forget about Paygo. Paygo's long gone. You know, remember we used to talk about paygo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There ain't you no... had to do in order to get the money, you had to cut somewhere uh, else. Yeah, ain't no paygo. Ugh, that's, right. that's, um, that's 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 sequester over... is gone. I think you know, Ugh. no more threat of that. Um, just spend, spend, spend. Um, Which means tax, tax, tax. The law calls for 125 billion in automatic spending cuts. That's that sequester. That's gone. All right. Okay. The munition plosy comp uh, compact would boost top line spending levels to 1.37 trillion. By the next fiscal year, roughly $50 billion higher than current levels. By fiscal 2021, total discretionary spending will increase to $1.35 trillion. Um, there will be approximately $77 billion in offsets as part of the agreement, a move designed to ameliorate. Wow. Well, that's a that's a word wealth word. Enumerate. Uh, ameliorate. Oh, okay. I thought you said enumerate. No, A M E L I O R A. Do you ever heard that word before? No. Kerr? Concerns by uh, um, ameliorate concern. I got to get out my. Let me grab my new collegiate dictionary here. My Webster's new collegiate dictionary. This was new. This version was from 1951. Okay. Um, ameliorate. Okay. To make or grow better. To improve. Okay. okay. Ameliorate. That's a word wealth word for the day. Okay. Carrie. Okay. So there will be approximately seventy-seven billion in offsets as part of the agreement, a move designed to ameliorate concerns by Trump and GOP leaders. The pay-fors will come from familiar sources, extending custom fees that are set to expire, and extending the so-called Medicare sequester, according to people familiar with the deal. So that's all idea about you know cutting payments to doctors and 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 making Medicare C, the Medicare Advantage, more expensive and those types of things. So there was some, you know, deal there. Um, but we'll see how that goes. So, Carrie, we're going to talk about Roth conversions, right? 
Mm-hmm. And this is part two of our Roth conversion discussion. Right. So if you missed part one, or if you're not hearing today what you want to know about Roths, chances are we covered that in part one. Right. Part one was more the rules, the differences between conversion and contributions, which if you go to our website, financialfoodforthought.com, you can click on local po- or podcast and it'll take you right to the link and you can listen to that last week's show or you can listen to previous shows as well. All right. So today, but let's pick up on the one thing. So one of the rules that I didn't get to last week, Carrie, was the five-year holding rule. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's the idea of when, you know, when you hear that, you know, Roth IRA provides tax-free earnings, there is, you know, this five-year holding period to get the five, right. you know, to get the tax-free earnings. In other words, so if you do a contribution, right. um, a Roth IRA contribution, then you can't get the earnings out tax-free for five years. Right. But here's the thing. It's the earnings. It's the earnings. Right. We'll talk about, we'll come back and talk about that. Right. Because- there, after tax money goes into Roth IRAs, right. whether you're doing a, a Roth IRA contribution or you're doing a Roth IRA conversion, after tax money goes in. Right. But some people say, I can't, I don't want to put it in because what if I need it next year and right. I can't touch it? Right. The the rules allow you to get your tax basis out per, first, you know, before you get your earnings out. Right. Okay, so that protects you, you know, in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Now, that's tricky if you're trying to get money out before 59 and a half. So if you're trying to get money out of a Roth IRA before 59 and a half, you got to cross your T's and dot your I's. So, you know, talk to your CPA when you're doing mm-hmm. that. Um, now, but back to the five-year holding period, right? So the idea is, all right, so now when you're talking about contributions, there's only one five-year holding period. Okay, so in other words, if you were planning on working for a 30-year career and every year you've got uh, income that allows you to fund a Roth IRA contribution because you don't have too much income, right? Then some people say, well, do I have to keep track every year I make a contribution starts a new five-year holding period? Well, no, there's only one five-year holding period for contributions. As a matter of fact, that's why a lot of professionals will tell you, you know, even just get one going, do it, do it for a dollar right. just so you can start that five-year holding period, right? Because you only have to meet one of those when you're doing contributions over your working career. That's not the case, in my understanding, when you're doing Roth IRA conversions. Right. Okay. Um, so there's every time you do a Roth IRA conversion starts a five year holding period. OK, now, mm-hmm. again, I'm not here to argue the fairness, simplicity or logic of our U.S. tax code. Right. So mm-hmm. don't ask me why there is multi, you know, there's only one five year holding period for contributions, but yet multiple five year holding periods for conversions. Mm-hmm. Ask your congressman. OK, um, see if they know. But, you know, so generally, so now that has led to some confusion, you know, when you're when you have to keep track of that basis. Right. Um, So now a lot of people think, well, if um, so, because they say, well, Mark, I'm planning on doing multiple conversions. All right. And so do I have to, you know, how do I keep track? Do I have to keep every time do I do a Roth IRA conversion? Do I have to open a new Roth IRA account? Well, no, there's no requirement that you have to open a new, a separate, so to speak, Roth IRA account Mm -hmm. every time you do a conversion. 
Um, you're, you know, it's just the idea. Now, some people may choose to do that, Carrie, because it, it, it's an easier way for them to track these multiple five-year holding periods, right? Right. Um, but you don't have, I and mean, there's no re- law requirement of that. So if you're not doing it that way, you just have got to keep track of them on paper. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the idea is that you just want to, you know, make sure that if you, you know, as you're doing your conversions, now maybe you're planning on a 10 year conversion. You know, that's, I think, one of the misconceptions. When we, sometimes when we, when we, you know, new clients come in, they talk right. about, they have this impression, Carrie, that they, if they do a Roth conversion, they got to do like everything in one year. They think it's an all or nothing. Usually the best result, if it makes sense, is you do how much over what time period is going to give you the most net benefit. Right. It's not, And it's not a yes or no. And that's one thing we say of people to have that careful analysis. We have people come in and they, you know, it's figuring out what threshold so that they're not going over, how much over what time frame is going to give them the most um, net benefit. And then people who come in say, I want to do, I'm here for a Roth conversion. We do the analysis based on their spending needs. It doesn't make sense. There's no benefit for them to do a Roth. Um, now, so and then so you know so with these five year holding periods, but as you mentioned, a good point, you can always assuming you're over fifty nine and a half, you know mm-hmm. you can always get your basis out of your Roth IRA out first, right? So if you did a conversion this year and next year and the following year, let's say you're doing five thousand a year right. in a Roth conversion because that maxes out a certain threshold you don't want to go right. through. We'll talk about that, mm-hmm. right? So your target Roth conversion is five thousand a year, and you're going to do that over the next five years, for example. Well, you know, after you know, every year five thousand more goes into your basis bucket. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, after three years, you've got fifteen thousand in your basis bucket. Right. So in the fourth year, you need some money out. You got fifteen thousand dollars to play with. It's just that you can't get the earnings out tax free right. until they've been in five years. So you. you so you, sometimes that alone is preventing somebody from right. doing it. Thinking, what if tomorrow something happens right. and I need to access that money? Now, what about the the, the person that Carrie says, "Well, I'm going to do a twenty five thousand dollar Roth conversion." And but what if I need, uh, you know, uh, I need it all back within three years? See, see, the idea is if you you if if you think that you've or if you've had to if, if in other words, Carrie, I guess my point is, if you do a Roth conversion strategy, and you find that financially you're running into a problem with the five year holding period right. to get the earnings out tax free, you probably did too much. Right. Unless I was going to say, if you're at a zero tax bracket, which we've had some people, and they can take money out of the IRA. Right. And I'll see if I can think of a case. I, I was so going to say, we have a couple of cases over the years yeah. at year end where you take money out and then they end up needing it later. But because they're at a zero bracket, it's not costing them. And there's no cost to do the conversion versus someone who's paying more taxes to move money. That's end up right. using it. But I'm not so, so much saying that you did too much for taxes. I'm saying you've made a mistake if you limited your, you've handcuffed yourself too much in cash flow that you, you, you found that what you converted to Roth IRA or contributed to Roth IRA, you can't wait for the five year time period to get the, the earnings out tax free. Right. Well, then, that's maybe, what, then maybe you did too much. And maybe that's hand in hand going with what we do for our clients, the cash flow planning. Exactly. Building that short term, medium right. understanding 
what things might come up in the next few years. Now, of course, you could have something that blindsided you that's totally beyond your control. For example, the person who was doing Roth conversion, let's say they're still working, thinking that they're going to have a job for the next five years, and they're laid off. Right. Well, well, quite frankly, if that's the case, we're probably going back to the drawing board anyways with your financial right. plan. You know, you cannot plan every catastrophic event beyond your control or you'd never get a plan done. Well, that's the importance of maintenance planning right. and looking at your plan periodically and but, making those adjustments. But you still, you know, make conservative realistic assumptions, including that, you know, you don't want to do, you know, Roth contributions or Roth conversions if you think you can't wait the five years mm-hmm. to get the earnings out tax free, um, you, you know, maybe you should back off a little bit. All right. Um, now, a lot of people care, a lot of professionals out there, it's, you know, when, when the client asks them, well, you know, should I do a Roth conversion? They get a quick answer back. It, no, it doesn't matter. You know, you've heard that before, right? Oh, Chris? yeah. Um, yeah, it can matter. Well, you know, so what are they saying there? Well, you have first of all, you know, you have to understand, you know, what's why do they say, well, it doesn't matter? Well, that usually comes from a discussion when they say for because really it doesn't matter for taxes. It works out the same in the end. So let's see if I can give a, a simple okay. example, Carrie. Right. So let's say you're planning on doing a ten thousand dollar Roth conversion. Right. And let's say you're in a 20 percent tax bracket. So you do a $10,000 Roth conversion, that's going to cause you $2,000 in taxes, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you tell your IRA custodian, okay, you 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 got to pay those taxes at some point. So you say, well, do withholding on the Roth conversion. In other words, I'm going to do a $10,000 Roth conversion, but I need $2,000 withholding on it. Okay. So actually, how much is going into the Roth IRA? You know, 8000 right? Right. All right, now... Um, now let's, so now let's set up the two scenarios and let's say you invest in the same animal, whether it's in your IRA or it's in your Roth IRA, you know, same, same investment vehicle earning exactly the same thing. Right. Okay. And let's say you don't plan on needing any of this for a long, long time. So let's, you know, using the rule of 72 and all that stuff, you think it's going to double before you need to get your hands on it. Okay. So in case one, let's say you just left the $10,000 in your IRA. Okay. So at some point it's going to double, right? Right. So now it's 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 worth twenty thousand dollars when you need to start taking money out. Okay. Now you're in retirement, right? So now you know when you take twenty thousand dollars out and you're in a you know twenty percent tax bracket, right? Mm-hmm. That's four thousand dollars. You net out how much? Sixteen thousand. Now let's go the other version. Instead of letting the ten thousand grow in the IRA for future distributions, you converted it. But you paid the two thousand tax up front and put eight thousand dollars into a Roth IRA. That'll never be taxed again, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to double in the same time frame. So when it doubles, now you'll have sixteen thousand dollars in your Roth IRA that you can take out tax free. Well, would you win? Right. And that's why a lot of a lot of professionals will tell you it doesn't. It does. You're just. It's a. It's a wash. Okay. But I think that's a short sighted. Uh, you know, recommendation for everyone who can fog a mirror, because perhaps we can think of situations when it might not be the same difference. Mm-hmm. Well, one could be that's a lot of the reason you'll hear a lot of professionals say, "Don't plan on paying for your Roth conversion using IRA dollars," right. you know, because you will wash out the, the some of the benefit. So if you can use other dollars that we can't put into Roth IRA to pay the taxes, mm-hmm. now if you can get that $10,000 into Roth IRA, now you're winning again. 
The other one, of course, is that's that assumption will follow, that that washout will not hold up if you have future income tax rate increases. Right. Okay. Um, because if the government raises the taxes later on, you might have been better to get the money out of IRA now at the lower tax tables. For example, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. You know, right mm-hmm. now the lower individual income tax tables are not permanent. They are set to expire in 2025 unless Congress extends them or makes them permanent. Right now, the Republicans don't have enough you know seats in congress to extend them or make them permanent and mm, so you know what could happen there the other thing is if you you know believe in you know milton uh freeman's you know idea that this deficit spending is just going to lead to future taxes at some uh, point yeah it you has know, to um you know you know kind of go from there um now, um, so that's why, you know, a lot of people, but let's see if we can think of another example. So we had a case study, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember, you know, so and this, and this was a, a, a woman who came to one of our IRA Roth planning classes. It was years ago, right? Okay. We've been doing this class many, many years, mm-hmm. uh, almost really since, you know, 1998 when Roths came into the tax code, right? Um, and so we've run thousands of Roth IRA conversion strategies mm-hmm. for clients over the years. Does that mean we always recommend they do it? No. No, not at all. Um, so the recommendation isn't everybody should be doing a Roth conversion. Perhaps the recommendation is everybody should be at least looking at it. Right. Okay. So in the class, you know, if you come to our Roth class, you'll you'll see Carrie playing the tax limbo game. Right. right? You know, the idea of, you know, a lot of times you're, you're trying to do a Roth conversion that maxes out a certain tax bracket that you don't want to go through. See, this is what some people forget about why it's not might not always be a wash, because regular IRAs are subject to required minimum distributions, wherein Roth IRAs are not. So if you have a big enough IRA... And you're doing conversions before your required minimum, you're theoretically lowering your future required minimum. That right. could mean a big tax difference because we've run enough, you know, required minimum distribution analysis to show clients where they're going, you know, that the required minimum is going to trap them at some point. And in some cases, it even traps their, causes their Medicare B premium to go up and there's nothing you can do with your Medicare D premium. If you're not fully taxed at Social Security, 85%, it could cause you to go there. If it could, you could lose your zero percent long term capital gain rate, or your those you know, things can you know, add up. You could, you know, like you're saying, the Medicare B premium, all these arbitrary, you know, uh, thresholds that we're dealing with in a complicated tax code, right? So I, I you know, I will say that you know, you know, that uh, that could be a difference that the one that quickly says, "Oh, don't worry about it; it's just a wash," isn't thinking about, right? You know, don't you know, don't ask your neighbor what their you know required minimum is. You know, you got to worry about yourself. Right. Um, now, um, so the so the idea so the, the so this this uh, woman came to our class and we were talking about this in the class and the idea of you know maxing out a certain threshold. So she after class she came up and she stuck around after class and she came up and she said, "Well, Mark, I don't know if I should have understood you right. Are you saying that?" If um, she goes, because I haven't paying any income tax in the last few years. So, Carrie, she she was wealthy. She was retired and she started an encore career, you know, that was a carry on from her, you know, uh, nine to five job where she was independent contractor. And she had enough business deductions and other deductions that she was really in a zero income tax bracket. Okay. So she thought everything was just, uh, you know, wonderful. Mm -hmm. How can you beat zero, Mark? Right. 
Okay. But then through the class discussion, she realized, well, wait a second. Are, are you saying that, uh, you know, that I, I did something wrong because I haven't been doing Roth conversions? I'm in a zero. Ta- and, and I said, well, the question is, how much of a, how much room did you have to, to, to max out zero? In other words, how much deductions ha- did you not use because you didn't have enough income to offset them? Okay. Um, so, and she goes, I don't know. And so she came in for a free consultation and she, I said, you know, bring your tax return with you. So she did. And I did a quick, you know, back of the napkin math on it. And I said, yeah, it looks like you could have been doing about a four to $5,000 a year Roth conversion with no taxes. She didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who do you think she went to talk to? Tax prepared. That's a good place to start, right? So I found this out later when she did become a client. Okay. But she went to her tax preparer and she said, you know, I met with this guy, this crazy guy. I went to his class and, and you know, and then I went and saw him. And he said that, you know, I could, I could have, for the last few years, I could have been doing a four or $5,000 Roth IRA uh, conversion and not paying any income tax. He's crazy, right? What do you think the CPA told her? No. It's not crazy. He said, no, he said you could have been doing that. Right. Looking at the numbers. Right. What do you think her response was? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Now, was her tax return wrong? No. Okay. Um, did she have to do Roth conversions? No. Okay. Maybe um, did she ask him to look at it? Um, In all well, fairness? Is that going beyond compliance? You know, if she was just trying to get her tax redone as quick as possible with no fan mail from the IRS, did he was he out of line? No. By not telling her, oh, by the way, you know, you really could be doing Roth conversions for free or how much you could be doing for free. See, sometimes when we talk about coordinated advisors, all right, it's 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 the idea that you even know what questions you need to be asking your other advisors. All right. So when her CPA said, yeah, you could have been doing that. Can she go back and do it now? No. Each, no. each year, tax That's year stands alone. That's a lost opportunity. In a complicated tax code, how many lost opportunities are you missing? And that's a great example, Mark, of something we'll be gearing up to do for our clients. Starting this fall, we typically look at it, and we have people every year we can take out. Some people want to max out the zero. Some people want to max out the 10 or 12, especially if they're worried about tax rates going up in the future. And it's been, I I think of another woman that um, she's a widower. Every year we look at that's. That's she waits till the fall comes and does maintenance. We're looking at cash flow, what her needs are and how much more she can take from her company plan. She has some IRAs, annuities and max out that lower tax bracket and, you know, max out the zero. And she's been able over time get, you know, over the last, you know, eight years, you know, get 40, 50,000 out without paying any taxes on it. And she has this future pot of money that's in a tax-free asset. So if tax rates go up and she ever needs to access money, she can generate income she needs tax efficiently. But every year we have case study after case um, that we could talk on and on about. But that's a huge opportunity that you may not want to miss. Even if you don't need help with full comprehensive planning, which we're known for, you can also get help with IRA and Roth distribution planning pension analysis, timing of Social Security, are you worried about spending and when you can afford to retire? Or if you're in retirement, what can I spend without running out of money? And you can call the estate planning team for free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. 
We can do those by phone or in person. And you can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Remember, the website has website has the IRA and Roth planning class on September 17th at 3 o'clock in Middleburg Heights or the retirement planning class on October 2nd at 6 o'clock in Independence. Okay. So just a word for the wise too, Carrie. Now, obviously, not everyone listening is in a zero tax bracket, but mm-hmm. what is your next threshold? Right. You know, that's the idea. Right. Especially if you want if you really are in the camp, which I am, then um, clearly other people are that tax rates are going to go up these years where we have these more favorable, favorable rates, especially if you're in retirement and before minimum required distribution. Even if you're taking minimum, you you really should be looking at now more than ever. All right. Now. But maybe you could ask yourself, what's your mom's tax rate? Mm-hmm. Because if, let's say, you've got an elder parent who still has a large IRA, Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, grandma's in a zero tax bracket and still just doing her required minimum distributions. Mm -hmm. All right. So are you aware of what that, if you inherit an IRA, that you understand it's not tax-free to you? If you inherit a Roth IRA, it's income Mm tax-free to you, but not if you inherit a traditional IRA. So you may be in a much higher tax bracket than your elder parent. And perhaps your elder parent should be taking out more, especially if they're in a zero tax bracket. So let's say they're doing the required minimum and they're still in the zero tax bracket. Well, how much more could they be doing and converting to Roth IRA that eventually they can use it if they need in their lifetime or it goes income tax free to you? This is especially gets important if you believe that, you know, the SECURE Act, which was passed by the House overwhelmingly, and the RISA and the Senate comes through the idea that they're going to mess around with the stretch IRA. You know, under the current rules, a non-spouse beneficiary of an IRA can make, you know, required minimum distributions over their lifetime. That could be 25, 30 years. Well, Congress is looking to do away with that. You know, they're talking maybe 10 years. You know, some some people in Congress are talking five years. So that would even accelerate the IRD problem. So this is, again, you know, multi-generational planning. That's what we're big on at the estate planning team. All right. A couple other things. How about the backdoor Roth? You've heard of that, right? Yeah. So what's the back, back door, barn door? Oh, you want me to talk about the <laughs> barn door too? I don't know if I have time this week, no, but no. Um, but what is the backdoor Roth? Okay, the backdoor Roth contribution is you know that gets the idea that um, you know if you were you know you're limited you know you may be limited in making tax deductible IRA contributions. So we're back to contributions now, Gary. Right mm-hmm. to start with, this is called a backdoor Roth contribution. Okay, so as we talked about last week, if you're making too much income, you are not allowed to do a Roth IRA contribution, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Other, you know, so, you you know, a lot of people first, you know, say, well, can I still make a tax deductible IRA contribution? Well, if you work for a company and, and, you know, are a participant in a company sponsored retirement plan, you're going to be limited again on whether you can do tax deductible IRA contributions. So my point is you may be phased out of tax deductible IRA contributions. You may be phased out for Roth IRA contributions, but you could still make a non-deductible IRA contribution. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, okay, I want to do that. And then the backdoor Roth is what people do is they do that, right? And again, let's say you're over 50, so the maximum, you know, is $7,000, mm-hmm. okay? 
So they do that, and then they immediately convert that to Roth IRA because it, it's all basis, right? Because mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're saying, I'm going to put $7,000 into a non-deductible IRA, that's after tax, and now I'm going to immediately convert it to Roth IRA, okay? That's the concept of a backdoor Roth contribution, right? Now, that you got to be careful. That works very well if you don't have any other IRAs. Right. Okay. It's different if you've got other IRAs existing pre-tax. Right. Okay, because that, the, ideally it works best if you don't have anything in an IRA and the first thing you put in is $7,000 after tax and then you convert that to Roth. There's no difference. It's all after tax. But let's say you have $100,000 in IRAs already, all pre-tax, and now you do a $7,000 after tax, and you want to just convert to $7,000, right? Uh-uh. You got to prorate that. Mm-hmm. You got to look at the, the $7,000 with the pre-tax, $100,000, and fill out that silly form 8606 and determine how much of your you know Roth conversion is going to be you know uh, pre-tax you know right. that wouldn't pay anything on it or taxable. So if I just confused you again, it's just the idea that you got to cross your T's and dot your I's, um, and that's you know that's a lot of times when we talk about you know having coordinated advisors. Right. And that's important, especially on this issue. Um, Like I mentioned, we're going to be start gearing up for that IRA year end planning, Roth conversion analysis, helping people, whether you're working or retirement. And sometimes even though we do some of the numbers crunching, too, it's running things by the tax preparer and making sure things are on the same page and doing that coordination of advisors. Remember, the estate planning team is very different. We've been around for more than 34 years. We're traditional financial planner numbers crunchers trying to help people solve problems, save money, get enough analysis so that you're no... the, the long-term effect of the decisions that you're making and are you going to be okay and addressing those things that you're worried about. Um, and again, we've been doing this for a very long time. If you want to take advantage of the free consultation, give us a call. If you call us today, we'll give you a call back on Monday morning. Or if you send an email, we'll um, respond to you either this weekend or on Monday morning. You can, Or you can sign up for our classes and get some good, helpful information if you try want to get a better handle on concepts and strategies All the classes have some great handouts and summary of some of the tax law changes and steps you should be taking. And you can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So summer evenings, right, Karen? Mm -hmm. Um, No dog days of summer this year, right? No. Um, Got a little bit of time left. Um, So... America forever in debt, Carrie. So here's yeah. one, you know, this is Felix Salmon's comment. He's an Axios chief financial component. There is no evidence from 240 years of American history that the level of the national debt has ever really mattered. Okay. Mm. The U.S. prints its own currency and can borrow as much as it likes, increasingly from domestic investors. You know, Warren Buffett's often said deficit hawks have preached doom for decades they have never been proven correct. Okay. Hmm. Um, so do we don't? I guess we don't have to worry about the debt. But you mentioned yeah, Milton do. Freeman. Okay, so let's see if I can get him going.
several forms. It may be, if it's if it's really financed by printing money, then it's a taxation in the form of inflation. If it's not financed by printing money, it's a invisible tax on all property because you own a piece of property, but you have to figure from the future income of that property. And more of it will have to be taken from taxes in order to finance this debt that is here. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, you know, deficit is just deferring taxes, is Milton Friedman's point. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're talking to clients about if are you in the camp that believes that income tax rates are never going to go up in the future? Or are you in the camp that thinks the government's going to have to raise income tax rates at some point in the future? I don't know how they can. Right. So we'll, um, so, you know, mentioning, you know, so that's why we're talking a lot about Roth IRAs and and some of the other, come to the classes, we talk about other income tax-free, um, you know, tax wrappers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how do, do these, should these, um, can these help you in doing a hedge against a government that may be forced to raise income taxes in the future if they ever get serious about paying off the debt. Now, right now, U.S. is still the only game in town. And until everybody else around the world loses confidence that us U.S. taxpayers are not good for the money, right? I don't see things changing. Um, but at some point... You know, especially if the Democrat socialists get into power, do you think they're going to start trying to deal with the debt issues? Um, now, we've talked about the backdoor Roth. You mentioned the barn door Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have enough time this week if, to talk about that. Maybe I'll talk about that next week. But if you're excited about doing, you know, that's the idea that if you're in a 401k plan and they allow excess contributions after tax, you can pull, you know, you can be, you're talking up to $56,000 as a total, you know, contribution. I'll talk more about that. But, you know, the IRS came out with a very favorable ruling back in 2014 that can be very favorable in what we call a excess contribution Roth strategy. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.